So what's the picture that comes to mind when I say retired librarian? Uh, older? Glasses? Hair in a bun? Shushing people? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So not, just to be clear, not criminal mastermind. No, not a criminal mastermind. Well, you'd be surprised. All right. Also, who do you call when the dark web won't call you back? Ghostbusters? Uh, it might You might get a better answer. Oh, we'll okay. You. And uh, we'll learn to never get between a Florida man and his bacon. Oh, them spiting words. All that and more coming up on this week's episode of the Florida Freak Show. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Ladies and gents, boys and girls. Step right up for the Florida Freak Show. Welcome back to the Florida Freak Show. I'm Corey O'Donnell. And I'm Kirsten O'Donnell. And if you've ever read a Florida news story online or seen a Sunshine State newscast, you know that Florida's greatest export are weird stories about the people who live and play here. And we have some of those to share, don't we, Kirsten? We do! Yay! Ripped. Ripped from from the headlines. Yes. And our first story comes to us from Jacksonville.com. Ooh. Margaret Nooney Smith worked for Jacksonville's public library system for nearly 40 years. Wow. And even after she retired, she continued to volunteer there, even becoming treasurer and eventually president of the Friends of the Jacksonville Public Library. Huh. The Friends of the Library is a nonprofit that donates about a hundred grand a year for the library to pay for things that aren't funded by the city. And the group was shocked when Smith unexpectedly resigned as president. Wow. And was shocked again a few mm. months later when the new treasurer discovered that $132,000 had been withdrawn through a series of unauthorized cash withdrawals by the former president. Uh-oh. When they confronted Smith, she said she'd given the money to a friend. Oh. So now the 75-year-old is in jail, mm. and she's awaiting her trial for organized fraud. Oh, it's the librarian is the old, is always the last one you suspect, is it not? Yeah, absolutely. It's <laughs> yeah. it's even more than the boy next door, right? Oh, yeah, completely. So a lot of men... I've learned from Penthouse Letters. Oh, well. <laughs> Have a uh, naughty librarian fantasy? Oh, sure. Uh, of course. Is this a scenario they're fantasizing about? Uh, 75-year-old women, embezzlement, fraud. Well, yeah, it's definitely bringing the naughty and the librarian together in a big way. I guess she'd be a great sugar mama. Ooh, yeah. All that extra money, why not? You know, when you see the librarian making the rounds in at the in the freak show, mm-hmm. that's not always the best sign. You know that there's a sticky situation afoot. Yeah. So what do you think she used the money for? <sighs> she gave it to a friend, I oh, know. But sure, really, what did sure. she use the money for? I don't know. Maybe she bought a whole lot of new books. What if she stole the money to pay off some Scofflaw's library fines? Oh, so she's like the thief with a heart of gold. Or maybe she had herself like $132,000 of library fines in a neighboring county or a neighboring state. Well, the the first thing I thought of when I heard how much money it was is how many withdrawals would it take to steal that much money? How many times would you have to do it? It couldn't have been like one big, you know. It was was several like $30,000. So it was like five. Four or five thirty thousand dollar. Oh yeah, it was, was big chunks. It wasn't was like she was pulling out a ten dollar bill a week. <laughs> yeah, that that would have been probably easier to. It's, like, it's not like she's buying like a fleet of trucks for the library, right? Or, no, yeah, it's hard to pull that off. No, it's, no, it's always the quiet ones, isn't it? It re- it it is it really absolutely. Is. So here's the irony. 
Yes. Presidents of friends of the library. Mm-hmm. Friends. With friends like that. Yeah. Who needs enemies? Right. Am I right? Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Oh. Bazinga. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's sad, honestly. It's, you know, I'm sure she had, I don't know. Maybe she didn't have a good reason. I don't know. But it's just, like I said, it's always the quiet ones that you least expect. So. Or suspect. And maybe she maybe she did give it to a friend. Maybe. All I know is if I gave a friend 132 grand, yeah. I would expect that friend to bail me out if I ended up in jail. Oh uh, yeah. I think it's the least they can do. Right? Mm-hmm. 75-year-old woman rotten away in jail mm-hmm. instead of collecting her pension, which right. after 40 years with the city is probably pretty decent. Not, probably not bad. So uh yeah, sorry sorry Margaret. Sorry Margaret. Womp womp. Best of luck in prison. (laughs) Right? This next story comes to us from Oxygen.com. Florida woman Deanna Marie Stinson is not pleased that her ex has a new wife. Mm. And she's now facing up to a decade in federal prison because of it. Back in June, Stinson created an account on a dark website that claimed to provide murder-for-hire services. And the very next day, she submitted an order to have her ex's new lady knocked off. Uh Uh-oh. When it didn't happen fast enough, she submitted another order. And another. (laughs) And another. And 12 grand in Bitcoin to get the job done. Nice. Uh, Officials say she also repeatedly messaged site administrators asking them to reassign the job to someone with a history of getting jobs done. Of course, the uh, undercover agent that she was assigned got a different job done and arrested Stinson. Instead, a sentencing date has not yet been set. Well, I I will say this. I personally wouldn't know how to conduct myself on the dark web either. I, I... I don't think I would go this far, but I wouldn't know like who's the what's the chain of command when it comes to uh, the dark web. I don't know who to who to speak with. I I personally feel like when dealing with potentially shady characters, mm-hmm. keep a low profile. Yeah, don't nag, and know that if you submit an order and it maybe doesn't get filled immediately. Maybe just hold off on it a little bit. Listen, there's a lot of supply chain issues going on right now. I'm sure the supply of hitmen has also been impacted by the pandemic. It probably has. Probably. The great resignation is even happening with hitmen. Right. No, but what is the correct etiquette for placing a dark web order? Like, you can't go to Emily Post for this kind of information, right? Yeah, I don't uh, think Miss Manners will tell you how to do this. And I'm guessing that there's no customer support line, you know, to call. Hitmen aren't known for their sparkling personalities. I mean, maybe they are. I don't know any hitmen. Yeah. Maybe oh, they're maybe. charming. Maybe. Maybe that's how it's they like get away with killer, it. It's like a serial killer, right? They're, right. It's, it's along the same line. Boy Next Door, once mm-hmm. again. Yeah. yeah. So I knew that like Tesla and Virgin Galactic and Miami Dolphins yeah. all accept Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Apparently also hitmen, or or at least undercover FBI agents posing as hitmen. Right. Is this like, is this common knowledge? I I think it, I mean, I think it is only because you've heard about it in the movies, Mm. like untraceable. Right, it's untraceable money, so I guess that makes sense. Okay, that's logical. I I, I don't know. Like, I, I... I am no expert on cryptocurrency, that's for sure. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, the average American doesn't know anything about cryptocurrency. Right. And that's exactly how the dark web likes it. Meanwhile, Deanna Marie Stinson here is apparently an expert with her crypto wallet. 
Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't know I have crypto. I mean, I don't have much in crypto. Right. I wouldn't even know how to pay using it. Yeah. I, I have know. no idea. Yeah. Absolutely no I idea. I just try to avoid the dark web as much as possible because it's not exactly the place where you would go for customer comes first. It's kind of the opposite of that. Yeah. So we mentioned, you know, maybe keeping a low profile, not poking the bear, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I I know we're early in the 2020s. Is it too soon to name this the decade of the Karen? Oh, no. Because, I mean, it takes some pretty strong Karen vibes right. to ask to speak to the manager when you're not <laughs> satisfied with your hitman. Right. It does. It does. I'm guessing that like the hitmen probably don't respond too well to the ha- Karen haircut either. Oh. It's like, yeah. And As who, someone who has a Karen haircut. Who is, who is, who is the... The superior to the hitman. Is it the hit boss? I mean, I would assume. I don't know how it works. I, I'm not sure. I don't either. know how the hierarchy works. We're, somebody get me an org chart on how the mob works. <laughs> I got one more question mm. on this one. Why is it that we're always taking out our aggressions on the ex's new love interest oh, and tell not me the about ex? It. I mean, it doesn't make sense. The new love interest had no obligation to you. Yeah. They're not the person who betrayed you. No. And yet, that's the person who's always kind of the object of the of the nefarious plot. Right. I don't I don't get it. I don't know how the ex always ends up like, you know, getting off scot free on this in this situation. Right. I know that if I were the ex in this sort of situation, I'd be like, well, geez, there's no incentive for me to not stop here because I'm not the one that's gonna be getting in trouble. Right. Exactly. I, I don't get it. It don't make no sense. I'm glad we're on the same page about this. Probably means good things for the two of us. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's that's a sign of a strong marriage. Yes. Right? I think so. Our next story comes to us from 10 Tampa Bay. Mm. We have all heard that employers are struggling to fill jobs, right? Yeah. And it's not just fast food restaurants and grocery stores that are suffering. Mm-hmm. According to a recent report from NASA... The space agency is down to just 44 astronauts. Oh, no. That's down from a peak of 150 just like two decades ago. No. NASA barely has enough astronauts to crew the International Space Station or fill all of its flight manifest seats this year. Wow. This year. Yeah. So while NASA has some ambitious goals for the future, like landing the first woman and person sure. of color on the Mars, event or, or, or on the moon, I should say, or eventually landing people on Mars, yeah. they've got some work to do in recruiting and training the astronauts first. So does this mean that I can be a spaceman without all of the training? Please sign me up. I am loving, I am really kind of loving this because... It's the idea that it doesn't matter how bad of a spaceman that I am, still probably a pretty good chance I'm going up. Uh, yeah, I mean, hello, NASA, we're right here, we're like 150 miles away, I'm a total space nerd, I yeah. mean, you you would love me. Yeah. I'm charming and yeah. witty yeah. and Can we do willing, it on a part-time basis? Willing to wear a diaper, yeah. I mean, whatever, yeah, part-time, that would be perfect. Yeah. I need a, a an astronaut side hustle. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it seems like kind of a no-brainer. And now I understand why all these business billionaires, excuse me, are going into space. There's a shortage on the job that everybody wants. Like, everybody wants to be a spaceman or a spacewoman. Space person. 
What am I yes, saying? please. Space yeah. person. Maybe the next time Sir Richard Branson or Jeff Bezos go up in the state space, they'll have to be stuck working a shift at the space station. And when you work a shift at the space station, do you have to, like, is clock it Clock like, in and clock out. Well, or is it like <laughs> like doing a shift at Mickey D's? Or how does that whole thing work? It's like So you start at the fry while, station, right? yeah. and then you work your yeah. way up to the register, and finally the then, drive-thru? Then I'll be cutting lettuce. The drive-thru is the cush job. Let Pretty me tell soon, you that right you'll now. You'll be all the way up to assistant manager. Nice. That's <laughs> when the big bucks start rolling in. So we've got a friend who runs a restaurant, yeah, and he's been having trouble keeping it staffed. Mm-hmm. And they don't even have to have like a high school degree to do no, that or no. a high school diploma. No. What hope does NASA have? Like, are there a bunch of unemployed astrophysicists who are just, you know, running around looking for jobs? I, I don't know. That's that's the thing. I'm so glad I'm not part of Space HR because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's not like you can just you could really hire somebody like us right off the streets, like must have some skills yeah, already in place. Like that job interview. What's yeah. that like? Yeah. yeah. What's that interview like? <laughs> could it be like, if you could be a comet or a nebula, which one would you be? Before you give me the answer to that, we got to be ready for this. This is our chance to go into space. I have an answer. Oh, okay. I would rather be a comet. Of course. Because you get to travel the entire galaxy. Good call. A nebula's pretty, yeah. but it just sits in the same spot. Yeah, maybe they would want you to be a nebula so they know that they could count on you, but it's like, come on, I'm willing to travel. I'm a comet. That's right. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm willing to take my tail and go anywhere. Yeah. That's what comets do, right? I think so. <laughs> I think so. It's a tail of gas. So I... <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I have one of those, too. Yeah, sure. Hey, so I think I know what happened. Mm. I think I know why NASA is facing this shortage. Okay. Everyone saw Matt Damon get stranded on Mars and said, Oh, hell no, I'm not doing that. No, no, no. I'm not using my poop to grow potatoes. So you know that there are people who think that movie was real. Like, think that it was based on a true story. You're saying it's not real? Uh, that, That we didn't strand Matt Damon on the moon? I mean, on Mars? I, why do I not know the difference between the moon and Mars today? Well, you know, there was a little gap there in the in the number of movies that Matt Damon did. I just assumed he went to Mars. I mean, how would I know any differently? He's getting stranded everywhere he okay. goes. That's all, all right. I know. All right. I guess, though, if you think about it, the people that think that that movie was real are not the same people that NASA is hoping to recruit. Yeah. I mean, they're desperate, but they're probably just not that desperate. They're probably also not desperate enough to hire someone like me, who apparently can't tell the difference between the moon and Mars. (laughs) (laughs) So do you remember, oh God, it was probably two or three years ago, the first all-female spacewalk? Yeah, I, I do remember Out on that. the space station, yeah. they took their little wrenches yeah. and their hammers and did right. whatever you do on a spacewalk. As you do. Do you remember all the all the hoopla about it? Not really. So, I mean, this was a big deal, mm-hmm. right? It, like only one woman had ever done a spacewalk before and yeah. there had never been an all-female spacewalk. Yeah. And it was supposed to happen the year before. And at some point, NASA realized, oh, we don't have two spacesuits for women. Oh. We can't have an all-female spacewalk because they don't have the uniform for yeah. it. Well, I get it. Maybe this is why NASA has a hiring problem. Yeah, it sounds like it is. I mean, let's be honest. If you're going to have a spacesuit, which is probably those thin layers are the difference between life and death. Yes. I kind of want it to be custom. Right? I'd like it to at least fit. Yeah. 
I'm going to take it to a tailor. That's Jump, just it. And jumpsuits are difficult to size anyway. I mean, yeah. I have a long torso. Yeah. So, you know, a, a jumpsuit, I, I could be walking around with a camel toe all day. Yeah. I don't want to be in space for five years, maybe not five years, five months, mm-hmm. dealing with that kind of discomfort. Yeah, if I'm and putting, nobody wants to see that If either. I'm putting my life on the line, that suit better fit me like a glue. Right? I don't, I, I don't want to work at any job where the uniform doesn't fit, let alone where the uniform literally is keeping me alive. Yes. So, uh, NASA, on, you got NASA. some stuff to work out, but we're here. You got some stuff to figure out. Let's do this. But we're here. Yeah. We're our ready. last our, our last story comes to us from NBC-2.com. Okay. Right in our neck of the woods. That's right. The Cape Coral Police Department were called to a disturbance at the Waffle House recently. Oh. And when they arrived, they found a shirtless man inside the restaurant yelling racial slurs at the employees. As you do. His issue was that he didn't like the way they cooked his bacon. Oh, boy. While 28-year-old Martin Alvarez screamed, you better cook my effing bacon right, Mm. the cops tried to detain him, and when he resisted, they threatened to tase him. Yeah. Alvarez was eventually arrested for disorderly intoxication, resisting an officer, and simple assault, and I'm pretty sure he's not going to like the bacon at the Lee County Jail either. Yeah. Oh, no. And I got to say, this paints a lovely picture of our hometown. Doesn't it, though? Yeah. But... You did have me at disturbance at the Waffle House. I mean, I'm in as soon as I hear about that. Right? Yeah. There are two Waffle Houses on Del Prado and Cape Coral. That's right. We we know this. We've driven past them many, many, many times. Mm -hmm. We've even been to one of the two of them. Never saw anything like this happen. No. Or honestly, maybe I did witness something like this because if I'm in the Waffle House, I'm probably not in like my (laughs) uh, best state of mind. I'm not at my best. So is it is it, after midnight. I am not at my best. Is it sort of a situation where, you know, if you can't find the mark in the room, then you are the mark? So <laughs> maybe if you never saw that situation go down at the Waffle House, it's because you were the one causing the disturbance. I feel like you would have told me. Yeah, I figure I probably would have. And, and oh, shocker, disorderly intoxication at a Waffle House. I, yeah. you know... Do sober people go to Waffle House? Yeah, I gotta say. Do that, they? No, I'm asking serious question. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think I definitely think you. You think? You, yeah, I think you have to because in order to get that hash brown order just right, you got to be a little sober. Oh. That's a lot of hu- smothered, covered, diced, and you know, topped. That's a lot of things that you have to remember. I don't know how you can do that. You know, six beers deep. True. I don't know how it works. And also, can I just say, a bit of a red flag when somebody goes shirtless in a Waffle House. <laughs> yeah, no shirt, no shoes, no service, yeah. buddy. As soon as somebody takes off their shirt in a Waffle House, it's like, check, please. I got to get out of here. Yeah, I, something Something's about to go down. I like to have most of my skin covered when there's bacon splattering, yeah. too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a safety issue, really. Now, I will say that I learned a long time ago, you know, from my cousin, great little life hack. You know, when you go to the Waffle House, you don't just tip the wait staff, you tip the cook too. Mm. You always get good service when you do that. I kind of like the way he rolls when he when he talks about it that way. So So we've we've we I'm sure you've seen these videos mm. online of people who show up at the Waffle House and they can't find the cook, so mm. they just get behind the corner and cook their own stuff anyway. Yeah. Do you do you tip that guy? Maybe. If he does a good job, if if he gets, if he gets my hash browns right. Well, and the bacon, obviously. 
Obviously. I'm, you know, I'm not going to discriminate. It's like, you know, if if, he, if this is the first time, this first rodeo, he's just getting back behind there just to get it done. If he gets, a, if he helps me out a little bit. A couple yeah, bucks for the encouragement. I'll throw a few, a couple, yeah. All right. Just for the effort. So, um, I, I mean, honestly, this story in a weird way, it kind of relieves me. Hmm. Like it kind of gives me a little peace. You know, mm-hmm. when we started this podcast only like almost two years ago, yeah. um, Every public meltdown that we talked about, mm. and there were a lot of them. Oh, yeah. Every public meltdown we talked about involved like people not wearing masks when they should be wearing masks, or people wearing masks, but the people around them didn't want them to be wearing a mask. Right. Is this a sign that like the world is getting back to normal? Is this a sign that we're transitioning from pandemic to endemic? Ooh. It's a good question. Yeah. Look, I, oh, look to the Waffle House. That's, well, yeah. I mean, I, it's okay. our barometer. There you go. Yeah. I, yeah. I know that epidemiologists have their own, you know, gauge mm-hmm. for pandemic to endemic. Yeah. Is, is the Florida gauge Waffle House yeah. disturbances? I think it might be. Maybe. Do, do people outside of like Florida know what the Waffle House index is? I've never heard of it. That's not true. You've totally heard of it. Okay. I well, know explain it. I, I I will explain it. Okay. And you can pretend like you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <Get to it. laughs> so so there's like twenty five states in the country that don't have a Waffle House. So yeah. I feel like there's somebody listening here that doesn't mm-hmm. know what this is. Um the Waffle House never closes. No. It's always open. The Waffle House is always open. Yeah. And when a Waffle House does close, it means that some serious S has hit the F. Yeah. I don't know why I had to say F instead of fan. Yeah. S has hit the fan. You just feel the need to do it. And you're absolutely right. It's a it's a bad day when the Waffle House closes. Right. So and I'm not saying that as some sort of ardent supporter of the Waffle House. It no. just means the S has hit the F. So so I used to work in emergency preparedness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also kind of a weirdo when it comes to natural disasters yeah. and I'm kind of obsessed with them. Yeah. Um, the Waffle House Index is kind of an unofficial index that FEMA uses mm-hmm. um, to determine how messed up a disaster really is. Right. So like if a hurricane hits Southwest Florida, as it often does, mm-hmm. and all the hurricane states are basically Waffle House states. That's right. If a hurricane hits Southwest Florida, but the Waffle Houses are still open, like to FEMA, that's a much less of an emergency mm-hmm. than if a hurricane hits an area and the Waffle House doesn't open. Yeah. Because a Waffle House will stay open on generator power. Yeah. A Waffle House will stay open with no power, a Waffle House will stay open with no food. Like a Waffle House just stays open. Yeah. So if the Waffle House is closed, it's the one thing you can always count on in a storm. Right. Yeah. And and so I think this was coined by the FEMA director. It was. Do you remember when Joplin, Missouri, had that horrific yes, tornado that I like do. destroyed? I don't know a two mile wide swath yes, through the city. It was. I remember. It was devastating. Mm-hmm. It was horrific, and two Waffle Houses still stayed open. They were still standing. They not only still standing, but still functioning. Still, like still people were hash. going to them, yeah. and so that's kind of the Waffle House. Look index. to the Waffle House. Look. Look to the Waffle House. Yeah, it's it's nice to know that there's a beacon of hope out there where you can, you know, get your hash browns just the way you like them. Mm, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of food yeah, 
And Waffle House, I have a very important question for you. Okay. City ham, country ham. Which one? Oh, I ain't no city boy. So it's all about the country <laughs> ham for me. All about the country ham. Every time I look the at day the day I die. Every time I look at the menu at the Waffle House, I'm always like, I I don't what's the difference? What's the difference between city ham and country ham? Country ham is saltier. Mm-hmm. Um it's uh usually a bit thicker, um drier? Drier, yep. Okay. Yeah, it's uh Whereas city si- ham's more Yeah. Country country Tender. ham's just got country ham's got some flavor to it. It's got and and not that city ham doesn't. I mean, ham is flavorful as is, but it's like country ham has has been there. It's done that. It's it's seen some things. I I, I feel like I'm a suburb ham girl. Oh, okay. Like I like a little of both. Yeah. I want I like my ham salty. Yeah. But I like it moist. Yep. So you got a, suburb you ham got, for me. You get a nice and a naughty side. You know, when it comes to the ham, it's like, you know, sometimes (laughs) I want a nice mild ham and sometimes I want to go to the dark side, go to the dark web and get my ham. But, you know, I also like mustard on my ham. Oh, yeah, you do. And I don't know if that's city or country. I don't know what that is. What goes better with salt? Probably salt and spicy? Probably probably country ham. I don't know. I don't know. Well, it could be honey mustard. Well, if it's Grey Poupon, that would be the city ham. No, no, Grey Poupon's gross. <laughs> so what did we learn this week, well, aside from Grey Poupon being gross? Yeah, I, well, I learned that you can't trust a librarian, that's for sure, especially in Florida. <laughs> I learned to never demand to speak to the manager of a murder-for-hire service. No, no, no. I also learned a new way to launch into space, and I'm really ready to fill that shortage. I don't think they've got a spacesuit that fits you No, either. probably not. And I learned that the best way to get your bacon cooked right apparently isn't to swear at the cook. Oh, that's a good idea. So those were our freakiest Florida finds for the week, and some of them were submitted by listeners like you. That's right. You can find and post you? other wacky news stories from across the Sunshine State online on the Florida Freak Show Forum Facebook group. And listen, if you don't share stories... We don't have anything to talk about. That's right. And and I don't mean on this podcast. I mean in our marriage. Right. We have nothing to talk yeah. about. So, You're keeping us alive. So please head on over to Facebook.com slash group slash FLA Freak Show and share your crazy Florida news with us. And don't forget, you can catch new episodes of the Florida Freak Show podcast on the second and fourth Wednesdays of every month. Every month. Until then, I'm Corey O'Donnell. And I'm Kirsten O'Donnell. Till we meet again, remember to let your Florida freak flag fly. Goodbye. Yeah,